0: Happy Wednesday, everybody! Welcome to the Shift Spot, uh, the Revenue Enablement Series. Uh, this is part part two of uh, this uh, a four-part series. So it's the Revenue Enablement Series. Uh, last week we did the customer lifecycle. Um, this week we will do lead generation for B two B companies. Next week we have the sales and opportunity management. And then the last one on the 22nd of February is Revenue Enablement, Leadership, and Management. So I'm very excited about this this series. Of course, this is what I do. <laughs> so um, hopefully folks will, uh, if you're not, um, if you weren't able to participate last week, you will, uh, I'll, I'll give a quick summary here and those recordings are available as well. But today's uh, today's agenda, we have quite a bit to cover. So I'm going to do a a brief summary from the session one common marketing pain points, lead generation strategies, lead qualification, content, resources, technology stack. And then, okay, well, when I get all this information, what do I do next? And then open it up for some, for some questions and, and answers. So. Um, with with that, we'll continue to move forward. So, the summary from session one, again, for those that were not able to participate, um, the recording is is available. As part of the shift spot membership can correct me if I'm wrong, but I can believe that you can submit questions and, and I will uh, get back to uh, uh, the individuals with with answers and we can schedule some time um, uh, and accordingly right. Ken
1: Yeah, correct so in in, uh, in the community they can just at gym so i've already uh, i've done that uh, on something you should receive an email and then you can re respond to them back, you know in the Community if it's more in depth, you can you can obviously take it offline but correct.
0: Great. Thank you, Ken. So the summary from, from session one, we talked about the, the customer life cycle, the customer buying journey, but more importantly, we're creating that foundation, that, that blueprint for success. So that's defined as target market, the ideal customer profile, buyer personas, and internal team structure. Now that that all will build on what we're going to talk about today in the lead generation session. So I just again this is a very brief summary from from session 1 but I want you to want the audience to keep in mind the importance of the target market ideal customer profile buyer personas and team structure if you have those in place you'll have your foundation foundation for success so again I'm not going to spend a lot of time but you know here's why you should Here's why he maybe should listen to me and, and some of the credibility. I'm not going to go through each one of these other than I've been doing this for um, quite some time. I sat in the chief marketing officer seat. I've sat in the chief sales officer seat. I've sat in chief revenue officer seats, uh, mostly for all B2B uh, companies and mostly B2B technology companies. But this this information these framework this framework these processes can be across other verticals such as manufacturing professional services it really doesn't matter and i've i've built numerous sales teams incorporating these uh, <clears throat> these type of processes and foundations and it will it will drive success so the next uh, next slide um we this this is kind of an extension from what we talked about on um, the last week, and I'm just going to focus on the far left, those, those two areas of the customer lifecycle, um, the awareness and education, so a lead generation and lead development. This is really where the, uh, where the marketing resources of your organization are going to be involved, and they're, they're going to have the accountability and the KPIs, and I'll talk about uh, the KPIs later in this conversation because that those are are really important to track cuz there is going to be uh, a significant, a significant investment in these overall um, programs that, that that we'll be talking about. So, um, I would be surprised if the audience if they haven't seen uh, any of these any of these pain points here we're talking about today. Um I hear this time and time again from my my clients, my CEOs, and, you know, CEOs that I worked for um, in the past as well. So low conversions, um, generating referrals. I, I like this one a lot because it is, I, this is in line with what I've seen um, over the course of, of my career. Is like, look at those numbers. 65% of new business comes from referrals, and consumers are four times more likely to buy when referred by a friend. So, again, those referrals, that, that's a... Um, a programmatic approach that we will not spend a lot of time today talking about, but that's something uh, that that you know um, the the components we will talk about today, where we can leverage those to create your referral business as well. Qualified leads, <laughs> you know, I've I've seen you know every, it's interesting because what we want to avoid with this revenue enabled structure is you know sales saying marketing's you know generating. Um, bupkis leads and marketing saying you know these sales guys are knuckleheads and they don't know how to follow up on this so i think we want to talk about some k we we will talk about some kpis and why this is important and how to structure the team so that there is uh, there is alignment between the two teams and then uh, on the moving to the other side of the slide the CEOs you know the most CEOs are complaining they don't have enough revenue and the profitability as well so and i think as important is the the poor execution because it is there is a significant investment to generate uh, quality leads to generate quality content so you know that's why it's so important to to define not only the revenue enablement framework but the marketing framework around that too so and then um i have also seen this like you know shiny objects like squirrel boom i want to go after this thing and, and you know don't right it, you know put the plan in place come up with a framework and then execute on that framework so um changes sure changes will be made but you know it, it takes a while when you when you're doing these lead generation programs and when i say a while it's it's, it's measured in weeks or months not days so that's a pretty that's a pretty important um, uh, component of this whole thing. So when we talk about mo- modern digital marketing, look at this. I mean, the average bu- buyers are 70% through the buying decision um, before engaging a sales rep. And I think, Ken, we might have mentioned that last week. I don't know what numbers you've heard. And this this, this probably, the only way this is going is probably up, right? So
1: yeah, It is. And yeah, I mean, the stuff that I've read, and I'm sure it's very similar to you, is just that Buyers are more and more educated. They do all their research before they come to us. Right. So, um, you know, uh, they have a lot of information and made a lot of their decisions already. So if we can't push them over after that, that, uh, then shame on us.
0: That, that, that's absolutely true. And, uh, um, and that's again, why it's important with your outbound. And I'll talk about some of these definitions here shortly. Um, but but it's so important to, to do you know your education uh your branding and you know be consistent right and and there are numerous nodes that we can tell that are included in part of this whole mod- modern digital marketing i'm not going to spend a, much time talking about branding or specific social media programs or about video production abm stands for account-based marketing But all of these are, in fact, important components of a complete uh, marketing and lead generation uh, strategy and and programs. So we will talk a little bit about the search uh, engine marketing, um, the resources for web design, uh, search engine optimization, email marketing, and then content marketing as well. So, um, you know, again, I, I realize that this is kind of uh antithesis for, that. Sorry. for market sorry ken go ahead
1: yeah i do have a question go back to that previous slide and yes. if, maybe you're going to get into this it would be interesting if you have like some best practice ideas on how to even allocate budgets into some of these areas and maybe it's impossible maybe it's per company per industry i have no idea uh i'm not a marketer never pretended to be a marketer um <laughs>
0: didn't but, stay at a holiday inn right so yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so you know I've had lots of marketers report to me, and the thing I I don't like about marketers, and I can get a social media person, a a branding person, content, email, video production, SEO, web is all these folks in a room, and they are all going to have the strategy and the best recommendation. And I know it's a it's a multifaceted approach, but I think a lot of owners get confused on. How much time and money should I allocate into each of those? So I don't know if that's going to be in your presentation, but really awesome to get some, you know, best practices or thoughts around that.
0: Um, Let's not specifically, but that's a great, great question. And I think we can address it a little bit later. Okay. And and maybe do some follow-up on that. Because I do talk a little bit about budget. I do talk about some of this programmatic approach but it's it's hard because it is it is dependent on on the company it depends on the market depends on the product and service you're selling right so it's it's challenging because to your point you know if you've got re- all those different resources they're like okay i've got to have this big bucket of money and yeah there's there's not unlimited funds out there for for this so it's like <clears throat> how do you how do you structure it so that you can do all of these things and have some efficacy behind each component of these right Yes, yeah. so um, I think we'll, we'll touch on that later and if in um, um, one of these slides as I look at those that I, I believe we can uh, maybe address that. Well, I'll try and address that a little bit later, but that may be something that I'll put in the in the shift spot on one of those discussion boards. Yeah, that'd be awesome
1: that, that, please.
0: That, that's, a, that's a good idea.
1: I'll so, actually tag you so just plow forward, I'll tag you on that question.
0: Great, thank you. So I, I realize this is a very text-heavy slide, but this is pretty darn important. So I mean, to to Ken, you mentioned that you aren't a marketer, but everybody's coming to you with a great ideas, right? So as a CEO, I think it's it's important that you at least have an understanding of of some of the key strategies that we're seeing um, day in and, and day out, and especially again, considering that that previous slide says seventy percent of you know the the research is done prior to even engaging a selling resource so what do we have we have inbound marketing right that's that's going to be some of the social media and do brand awareness right we have outbound marketing which is typically more expensive and the ROI is is lower and then you may have heard of this whole omni-channel but omni-channel means you know multiple multiple marketing channels online offline social so it's it, that's that's a um that's all these five areas are really key strategies for your lead generation so uh, again e- each one of these can have a pretty significant uh um, session a- allocated to that but today we're you know we're, we're our intent is to kind of wave top on the overall um, framework for lead generation, but again, happy to talk in greater detail about either one of these. And the differentiation again between the the SEM, it's you know those are those are much you know that's that's paid tactics to gain visibility, um, also known as paid per click. And SEO is approach that uses organic methods for that. So again, I, I think it's important to understand, you know, when somebody says, okay, your inbound market program is, is not um meeting the KPIs that you're looking for, what does that mean? Where do you need to change? What what you know, do you have a different social media channel you have to go after? so there there's and then okay when we do outbound marketing are you you know are you using sdrs or what are your what are your sales people doing and we'll 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 talk about that in, in a little more detail coming up here so um that so now we've got lead generation strategies what's what's a lead qualification definition so um a, a lead is if you look at kind of that Classic funnel, which I'm never a big fan of, but I think from a visual, that's that's a good place to start. So a lead is, um, again, the, the entire universe that you're targeting. And that's why um, it's important to have your ideal customer profile, uh, <clears throat> your buyer personas, and your verticals, right? Because we're, you got to start somewhere. So this is, this is why, again, the, the target verticals, ideal customer profile, and buyer personas. So you've got that whole universe of lead that, you know, your your uh, your strategies from before, your the channel, your outbound, your inbound, you're starting to target those. Now, the next one goes to marketing qualified leads. So that again, as you can see from here is like okay, there's some engagement. There's engagement but it could be a website, they could read your white papers, they could read your newsletters, they could hit landing pages, um, but they're, they're, you know, it aligns with your overall definition of who can uh, who can become a possible customer or, or move into an opportunity based on some of these intent personas and, and, and contact requirements. And then it goes to a sales qualified lead. I have seen a, a sales accepted lead, but I, I like to try and, and minimize the number of lead qualifications there are so i'm not i'm you know my recommendation is um the sales sales accepted lead really is i i think not a good measure i mean so I, that's why I'm not addressing it here so the sales qualified lead uh, and the the important thing here is it's qualified by a selling resource, and why is that important <coughs> oh, excuse me that's important because as I mentioned earlier yeah. You tend to have this, you know, in, in normal orga- in typical organization, you have this conflict between sales and marketing saying, you know, sales like, oh, that's not a qualified lead. Or marketing is like salespeople are terrible at following up leads. This uh, creates a, the framework for um, once a selling resource has qualified it, then it truly is a sales qualified lead and the responsibility and accountability moves to the salesperson that's interesting
1: you say you do not recommend an SQL so that major No,
0: no a sales accepted lead sorry sales oh gosh, accepted gotcha. I do re- I absolutely recommend sales qualified leads gotcha so, so it's it's there's there's really you know three lead qualifications at the, the top of the funnel your targets your marketing qualified leads based on some sort of engagement by your prospects right, right. and those engagement you can you can automate some of the you know the the So, for example, with HubSpot, you can assign certain points to uh, certain levels of engagement. So, a white paper may have a higher point categorization than just hitting a landing page, right? Or, you know, setting a um, saying, "I want to set a meeting with an SDR or salesperson." That's also going to, you know, set a different. It can set a different level too. So, there's there's some automation components to this as well. So, uh, you know, I would encourage everyone to take a look at that. Um, but and then it does go to sales qualified leads, Ken. So just as uh, um, you know, as clarification, I absolutely recommend sales qualified leads, but I'm not a fan of sales accepted leads. You sometimes will hear that as well. Okay. And then once the, the a sales qualified lead can go any one of, of of three different ways, right? So it can either go to uh, a nurture, um, which we're not. Speaking a lot about this week because that's a, uh, that tends to either be a, a could be a sales activity so it goes to a nurture it goes to an opportunity and you know next week we'll spend time talking about opportunity and the start of the sales process itself or it can say okay no these really aren't a it's not it's not a good lead and we can just um, disqualify that and, and it goes away
1: okay all right Jim I've, I've heard uh, I mean you know Uh, you know but our audience probably doesn't I I grew up in the sales ranks right I've ran large sales teams at you know companies like Oracle et cetera. so uh, the general rule of thumb for and honestly I found that it, it actually translates across really all industries is you know for pipeline coverage generally like you know is a 3x coverage meaning if You have a million dollars that you need to close. And in theory, you should have three million in qualified pipeline to achieve that number is a good rule of thumb. Are there any rules of thumbs on SQLs, MQLs uh, that you should actually have prior to that? Uh, You know, I don't know if if there's something that says, you know, for for you to hit the 3x, you got to have 6x in SQLs or 12x in MQLs. Is there any science around that? Uh,
0: Yes, there is, actually. And um, how about right here? Okay, cool. <laughs> so that's a that's a great lead, in, and and trust me, the to the audience, we did not plan that question, but that's uh, but yes, I mean that's a so here's here's what I've seen based on based on my you know experience, right? I mean these numbers I, these numbers are realistic. I've seen this time and time again. So you tend you want to work backwards, right? So you say from every closed opportunity, uh, I from an SQL, I will. I will, uh, you know, I'll close twenty five percent of those, from every MQL to an SQL. I will um, move. I will do the conversion at forty percent, from every um, lead to MQL. I will do a ten percent conversion. So that means that for every for every one hundred leads, I you know for sorry for every closed deal I need a hundred leads, right? So so I think uh, is that is that kind of what you're asking, Ken. Yeah, so I, I, again, that you can see if you move the needle on any of these, I mean, you know, that'll drop a tremendous, I mean, you you can easily increase your, your um, selling revenue, your deal closing rates um, by I've, I've seen 15 to 18% if you move that needle on 5% of every one of those. Right. So, but you, you've got, you've, uh, these are numbers that I've seen time and time again. Um, that, you know, you can start with right, and some people have these numbers and but most of the most of my clients that I deal with in a past life, um, starting starting all these it's like Okay, where are we going to start, how are you going to hold your team accountable, um, and what are we going to use for, for for KPIs? so. Um, again, this this is why it's so important to do um, the the follow up um, from the MQL to SQL and have those selling resources be involved. But if if you if you you know have really really good programs and you increase that you know the MQL by fifty percent and you you close your target you know your target close rate um, to thirty percent, those those will really move that revenue needle a lot. And this is also how you can, you, you asked me about budget earlier. This is also how you say, okay, if I really need a hundred leads for every closed deal, you know what channel is that going to come from? How should I allocate that? What's the efficacy of my different campaigns? Right. So you can, you can measure those components and, and, Say okay, you know, and I'll talk about this in a little bit. But you know, for example, video has been the, the you know the most consumed um, content that's uh, that's out there now for for I think well over a year, and it don't ha- doesn't have to be professional videos, it, it, but it has to be targeted, and it has to contain value messaging to to your um, your prospect uh, environments.
1: Yeah, you 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 hit a point, and I just wanted to pull on it a little bit more. Um, I'm curious. So the shift spot, I mean, our, our target market is 50 million and below, right? Generally, generally above that, companies are a little bit more mature and seasoned and understand some of these things, right? But honestly, I, I personally have worked with a company that's a $300 million business and had no idea what their numbers were from a sales and marketing perspective. It was, uh, it was astonishing. Um, but anyways, you said a, a lot don't how many how many businesses out there do you think and in your experience that you work with truly don't understand their numbers uh and you know and as you had stated just being able to put together a budget and and understanding what success is and understanding you know where you're winning and where you're losing i mean this is critical what would your gut tell you less
0: than 50 less than 30 what, what do you think less than 20. Jeez, that's amazing for for companies in the size you're talking about, Kevin, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. There's, there's the yeah. companies that get a larger that that you know have rigor to it. And you know, the, this is you know, um I cannot think of an organization that I've worked for in the last twenty years prior to my arriving that could give me these numbers.
1: That's unfathomable to me. And and I can't I can't at this point enough. You know, I don't care if you're a two-person company, a 10-person company, a 100-person company, or what your revenues are. The sooner you understand this, the easier it is to make investments and understand your investments and understand success and and hold hold people accountable. So good.
0: The accountability and the shiny objects, right? Because when we look at this, you know, there is a big investment in in marketing. And when the CEO comes in to talk to the CRO or the CMO is like, you know I'm spending tens of thousands or whatever the number is, it's not insignificant. Um what what's your you know how are you doing against these programs? How are you how are you tracking these programs? So um and then you know from a planning perspective if I look at this um it, you know seriously I I I I I I put this in place in, you know, in the first month when I come in because I don't know I I don't know how I can budget, right? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know these these numbers these numbers can vary, right? But yeah. if you if you start here, I would challenge and say, okay, is your close rate really more than twenty five percent from a sales qualified lead right now? Um, and and quite frankly, most people can't answer that. So, right, and
1: and without it, quite honestly, you're operating on emotions versus data. And when you're doing that, it's just uh, it, it it follows a path of tears, right? So
0: correct. Yep. So, so I mean, the, 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 yeah, this is, uh, I mean, in some ways, the money slide, right? <laughs> so, so, any so anyway, so let's let's talk a little bit about content, right? So, this this, I mean, if you look at those uh, two numbers on the right, and and you know, to try and proactively ask the question, you, you said, "Do I see this out there?" Yeah, yes, I do, and those numbers are in fact believable. Right. So, I mean, there's both HubSpot and Salesforce and probably others like Pipedrive. You can actually track the um, the engagement of the content used by sales reps. And I think, you know, if you're not doing that, how do you know what's working? Right. So not only a combination of of, okay, this inbound lead came because this white paper was so great or, the you know, we we created, you know, 15 MQLs, 20 MQLs from this video production. Right. Right. Um, so again, the, the, I mean, this list can get pretty long, but at that really high level, you look at, okay, I've got my website. So my landing pages, my calls to actions, my blogs, and on the website obviously is the white papers and videos, but you also for your talk tracks, for your um for your, you know, some people use SDRs. It depends on the size of your organization. That call it, that stands for sales development representations, representatives, sorry. Um they 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 need those talk tracks, right? Campaigns, what's your outbound campaign? What's your inbound campaign? What are your on-the-channel campaigns? How do you measure against that, right? Um, what is your social media campaigns? And then uh, marketing is also responsible for your ideal customer profiles and your sales playbook development. So, I mean, I, I um, you, you hear the term, or at least I hear the term a lot, and it's probably because I use it a lot, but content is king. It truly is, Right. Um, because I don't care what industry you're in, it's a very competitive marketplace out there right so how do you how do you you know differentiate yourself? It's by having some very very poignant and, and uh, content and probably you know the um I'm not saying that you 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 need a uh you know more is the merrier but it's what's important is having the right content based on your buyer personas. Based on your t- target market, and I know I sound like a broken record here, but it works. It works. So if if you've got your you know your key entry points within an organization, let's say it's a, a CIO or a CEO or a VP of engineering, you need those value propositions and campaigns for for each of those target entry points. Um, because in as, as we're looking at attracting in um, you know, in these deals, once they go into an opportunity, you have multiple decision makers. And those multiple decision makers, they consume different content throughout the sales cycle. So you wanna, you know, you don't want your salespeople creating content. I can't tell you the number of times that I've had, you know, salespeople come to me and say, you know, these 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 marketing decks are just miserable because they don't have a pulse on what's really going on, right? So right. We need, we need to we need to uh, eliminate that. So so that's I mean I, again the the um the importance of, of the content you know the key messages aligned with the personas um aligned with your uh target market so there's there's a lot here to unpack and yeah. you know I uh, just it, it this is really where when we look at the the previous slide um these planning metrics is like okay so from our leads, um, what content do we need for awareness, right? Which is a little different than once we get to SQL, excuse me, our engagement. So again, I think that, you know, as we look at all these, there is a prioritization. I would encourage everyone to to have a content audit. It's like, what do I have today? And how is it getting utilized? If you don't know that, you need to know that. So yeah
1: agree we, we, we invest heavily in one of my companies uh, in content and we actually ironically just went through a process of of paring it back actually and looked at content that's you know it's out there been out there no one accesses or utilizes so but but yeah
0: yeah and if, if nobody if nobody's you know you can track again, you can track the uh, the engagement with your content and you should be doing that on a very consistent and frequent basis as well. Yeah, I mean because you know, the 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 thought of not you know tracking the content just it kind of gives me hives. But that's a different story. So or let's talk about people, right? Are, you know, your people are, are are critical to this, right? So I think you mentioned earlier, Ken, you've got somebody that comes to you with a video. You've got somebody that comes to you with the white papers, right? So, um, but if we look at these, we you're going to have to have people that have the you know web expertise, right? You're going to have to have content writers. You need general marketing resources, you know, under the categories of campaign management, SEO, SEM, social, event planning, right? And then you're gonna, you know, in a um in an organization, because you got to have some technology, you gotta have some technology to support this. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But so you in and, and the way I've categorized it um, as we talked about last week is um, I, I like to have the revenue operations um supporting the the technology stack and when I want to talk about revenue operations again though, that those revenue ops um, those people support both the sales and the marketing and, and the cx with 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 the technology so that can be marketing automation software that can be marketing analytics software that could be your crm but again we will we, you know we'll we'll, ta- we'll chat about that some more and then the sales development reps right so the sdrs um some you know and for reporting for those sometimes i've seen a report into marketing sometimes i see it report in this uh, into the to the sales director or sales executive quite frankly i don't uh, you know my preference is to have that because it's got sales in it is to have that report into the sales organization because that will move your mqls to the sqls and depending on you know what you're selling that you might want to have those uh more junior resources doing the true qualification getting it set up for for some of your senior hunters so yeah. um uh, you know that that i again it depends on the size of your organization typically i'll see sdrs and organizations that are about mm, 10 to 15 million and, and above because i think that in today's environment th- those are you know, those are smiling and dialing people. So they're associated a lot with your, with your, with your outbound. Yeah. And also, you know, I've, I've, you know, when you look at these people, this can be internal people, external people, a combination of the above. I am a fan of of using agencies um, for certain components, but that depends on what kind of resources you have in general, but you know, the, the, cautionary note i would I would mention about agencies is somebody has to spend some time managing those agencies because there is there is some fees involved but if you you know i'm a big fan of agencies and i've worked with numerous ones over the course of my career and you know as long as they're managed correctly as long as you you know set key um, deliverables and accountability that you know ultimately I think you can get a better return on investment as opposed to trying to hire all these people right because you can see that geez, I need somebody to do you know campaign management and SEO right Well there's a lot of SEO SEM experts out there today that that you know you can get for a pretty pretty cost effective um, but you, you have to make sure that okay with your keywords and, and your um, your messaging that that you know that's clearly communicated to those outside resources.
1: Yeah, but there are, and I know you know this, there, there's all sorts of quality differences as well, right? You can get very cost-effective SEO experts that quite honestly slap the title on themselves, and uh, I've seen those. And, uh, you know, they, they don't have the analytics and the views and, and give you basically the kind of roadmap of some of the higher-end folks can.
0: Yes, I mean that's you know when you select these, I would highly recommend that you um that you're engaging somebody that that you know knows how to how to select these and you say, well, how do you do that? I mean, um I you know either your your CMO, your CSO, your CRO, um, those those, you know, you, you need to look at Um, how you're evaluating these folks too and there's some pretty good evaluation templates out there as well so yeah yeah To but uh, you know i'm going to show you a a slide in a a couple slides from now that just going to make your head explode and say you know ken to your point is like how do i select these because there are a lot of people out there right
1: yeah one of the actually the members of the shift spot actually is uh is is viola who's with flow they're they're about 15, 15 person agency out of germany and they do phenomenal work they've done some work for me and also with some uh, clients as well but um so if anyone listening or watching this wants to home in on that specifically it's a good resource
0: and you know i did also in the sales development rep there's there's you know there's a a lot of outsourcing companies and and right now i know ken you're evaluating one that looks extremely interesting to me but there's, there's always that cautionary note there of, you know, um, who, who gets to define what's a qualified lead, right? Yeah. Or what's a qual what's a qualified meeting. So, you know, there, there's those opportunities out there, but I, you know, I, 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 I have a cautionary note there because it does take time and investment, but, you know, I, I've, I've, I've for the most part, I, I just, it's, I just, caution people that that, you know compare that to if i'm going to bring that resource in in house right but yeah i've had lots of
1: disappointments in those areas i'm optimistic about these folks (laughs) (laughs) i'll I'll, I'll let everybody know how it goes
0: (laughs) okay thank you so the the next um so there are there are some great technology components out there but um what for the marketing perspective you know the sales intelligence i would call that zoom info right you've got your content management system for all your web content wordpress wordpress sitecore you know there's there's a there's a handful of those and then marketing automation salesforce marketing uh, hubspot so you know as you look at um, as you look at evaluating these these program these uh these technologies that that takes some time and effort and there's costs associated with that too right but I would, you know, highly recommend that, you know, you have some of these core components just for the marketing, right? The sales intelligence, the content management, and the marketing automation. Um, Next week, we'll be talking about, you know, from the sales engagement, outreach, uh, uh, sales loft, uh, conversational intelligence, gong and chorus, and then CRMs too. But you know, to today that you know, from a marketing perspective, here's some of the very important components of, uh, and, you know, your marketing will have, you know, the information will be fed into the CRMs as well. But certainly your con- um, content management, marketing automation, and sales intelligence. But, you know, when we talk about marketing automation, you said, Ken, previously that, you know, you've got all these people out there saying they're SEM experts, but, okay, I want to go look at marketing automation. Well,
1: <laughs> so, yeah. you
0: know you can see it's like holy you know what um we, we we've got uh, you know there's there's almost countless numbers of, of um different different type of technology different type of platforms so this slide came from an organization called g2 <clears throat> so if you don't have a program a platform in place or if you do have a platform in place and it's not meeting your criteria there's i guess the moral of the story is a there's a lot of options but you know be because there are a lot of options that makes the the uh evaluation even more difficult and then to kind of pile on here um marketing analytics it's not you know you know like your s e m rush and some of these other ones its just there's literally dozens of opportunities uh, um uh to to evaluate but again there's there's some pretty good resources out there that can help you through that that process if if you've got questions you can Certainly uh, put, um, you know, those questions in the shift spot because I've worked with a lot of these tools and, you know, you can see on there, there's Salesforce and HubSpot, but there's some other ones that are also quite capable and quite good too. So let's talk about, you know, KPIs. So I think that, you know, here. here's just a snapshot, and I'm sorry, it might be a little difficult to read, but this snapshot is some of the KPIs that, that I've used with different clients. I mean, this is a Salesforce dashboard, but, you know, there's if you just kind of read across there, starting with the upper left, it's kind of leads generated by the sales rep. Um, there's MQLs. Uh, the next one in the middle on the top is... Um, marketing qualified leads current quarter and previous quarter and that's you know if if you go along the bottom there there's a different your different channels website inbound calling um, trusted advisors employee referrals uh, different um, different events too right so again you know you want to see where your leads are coming from um, and then also if i'm looking at the lead conversion we talked about that earlier ken you can like okay if i've got this many leads how many actually converted and what do they convert to and what's the what's the revenue um there's also you know th- these are pretty well, these are pretty straightforward metrics but there's also you know you've also got cost per lead in here i this there's not a cost per lead um <clears throat> um in this particular dashboard you also talk about can talk about return on ad spend that's difficult but i think you you certainly have to and this is sorry this is for a uh, um, a, a SaaS software company too. But again, these leads, you know, it can go across multiple industries, professional services, you know, you wouldn't have the ARR for professional services, obviously, but um, you, you'd have, you know, converted leads. So it, it really, it's it's really industry um, industry agnostic, quite frankly. And then, um, if if we look at these in general, you know, you can also track, you know, okay, if you're doing SDRs or your sales reps and are getting an equal number of MQLs, if they're converting, if they're, you know, um, if they're if they're uh, converting different number of SQLs, or if their close rates are different, you can get to that level of granularity, which I would encourage you to do, right? So that you know that way you can start analyzing your resources like boy, this, this one individual, um, you know, he's, he's kicking ass on his, uh, excuse my language. He's kicking butt on his, uh, conversion from, um, MQLs to SQLs. And then he, he's got a much higher, uh, uh conversion rate in opportunities than the 25% target. Right. So th- this is, it's so important to, to, you know, because it is classic is if you can't, you know, I'm a data-driven guy. Um, um so if you can't you know it's a classic if you can't measure it how, how in the world are you going to management because we are talking about you know significant uh investment in, in money right right so i'm sorry ken did you have a
1: question I was confirming. yes and right yes i okay. was
0: okay so the next slide we look at is like okay what does all this mean so i thought it might be kind of interesting just to come up with a with an example here um the, this this example is for like early market validation of a of a price on um, on a, a, a um, SaaS product, right? So you know I could you could build this for a lot of different things, but this this one is um, for uh, an SaaS product, right? So um, you know you want to drive it awareness, interest, decision, <clears throat> and action. So you got inbound leads, outbound calling, lead follow-up campaigns, but, okay, what are you doing? You, you want to test a a pricing hypothesis, right? You want to build some ROI and, and business impact statements. That's content. Um, you want to identify and validate target markets. That's part of um, the, the, the framework we talked about. Oh, I also want to talk, determine sales cycles, right? So, you know, so if we look at some of the deliverables that's, uh, you know, what what information can we gather to build a sales process? And this is when we talk about early market validation. This is probably for a, a smaller company, but you know, as I've done some um, advising for incubators, I can I've leveraged this for you know smaller startups to you know all the way up to like 15, 20 million dollar companies that are introducing a new product, right? Or they're targeting a new vertical possibly. But again, this is this is um, not rocket science, but you have to do each step, because if you're not doing it, you will pay the price, I can assure you, and also I will add that there is no silver bullet either, so, um, but this is, you know, here's, it's just like, okay, you got to drive awareness, then interest, then decision, then action, right, so this is just kind of an example where you could, you know, um, look at your, your, your overall lead progress, how you're, you know, what you're doing for your, your campaign follow up. What's your cadence of the campaign? What kind of content are you using? How many meetings you're getting scheduled based on your outbound calls? So this is kind of you know an example of of how you can use all this all the information we've talked about previously um, throughout this conversation. So it's like okay, great, that's one thing, but where do I start? What's next, right? So <clears throat> um, complete a marketing maturity scorecard. I'll show an example of that um that's a whole another discussion as well but essentially that's a um we see as you can see down there there's a content assessment but this is an overall um ranking of your marketing and I'll talk about, and I've got next slide we'll talk about a little bit of the the specific components in that but again you 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 need to establish a baseline um and and this is these are good good this is a good way to do that so the revenue so how much revenue do I, I um want to use I the numbers that I've uh, that I that I've used and I've seen out there um for years um especially for smaller companies uh, defined as under 50 million and that 8 to per, 8 to 12% of annual revenue just for marketing uh, um so there's the sales component on top of that as well but this yeah. is just just for marketing So you know in-house resources versus agency we talked about that a couple of slides ago, um, you know, the combination, you know, I've seen the combinations work very well for, for companies, you know, in that five to $25 million range, and maybe a little bit higher. Um, there's also, you know, evaluate your technology stack, evaluate what your content is. And then from there, you start developing your, your, your channel, your omni channel marketing strategies. So includes SEO and SEM. So Again, you know, you, you need to figure out where you are today, your as is, and then you incorporate some of those metrics you talked about earlier that if I've got to drive, you know, 50 deals, that means I need 5,000 leads or something like that, right? So you need, you need to do that. So the marketing maturity scorecard, and, and earlier in the conversation we talked about, okay, what does my website look like? What does my blog look like? How is my SEO? Or my analytics? In this one, you can tell there's a lot of opportunity for improvement, right? But um, you know, I've I've done this. This I did for uh, one of my uh, one of my client companies, and and you know they they admit that when they when you look at this, this is a, I think this is a great visual. When you look at this, you're like, oh gosh, where do I start, right? Yeah. Um, so, but but again, these are these are key components of your, your marketing organization. We've talked about a lot of those. We didn't talk about. Um, we didn't talk about PR today either, but um, that's okay. I mean, that that's a pretty easy outreach once you've got all these other pieces done. So again, you know, look if if I go back one here, this this you know start at the top with your marketing maturity scorecard, and it doesn't have to be overly complicated, right? So, um, but in, in these components, they really, I don't think these eleven components will they they should not change. Maybe you don't want to have um, public relations in there right away. Right. But these other ones are, are absolutely critical. Um, so what is, what's my expected results? I mean, I'm doing all this. What do I get out of it? So I get increased lead flow. And you know, that that's like, it, it will happen. I can, I, I can guarantee you that if you, if you, you follow this plan and program and you know, you've also you've got your framework in place from our previous session, you will in fact get increased lead flow. And then, you know, with the quality content used by utilized by sales and marketing, that will drive increased lead conversion. And then we need to we need to track, you know, we need to track these campaigns. And we track those campaigns that are using some of those KPIs we had discussed earlier. And that's going to end up with more qualified deals. And guess what that means? More revenue, you know, meeting revenue. meeting your revenue expectations. Yep. So with that, that's kind of the, that's kind of the summary for today, Ken, uh, awesome. any, any other, uh, any other questions on, on uh, yeah, yeah, actually we got about,
1: uh, about three minutes. So yeah. you uh, you nailed the time. Appreciate it. So So um, you talked about investment and in leads and everything. Uh, is, is there a rule of thumb of when those investments start to pay off, right? I know a lot of owners yes. start to get frustrated. Well, I'm spending, you know, five grand a uh, a month and I just started last month in marketing and not getting anything out of it. When should those investments begin to pay off? Number one and number two, when do you typically say now it's time to abandon an investment and try something else?
0: I would say there's an in-between question is like, what do I adjust my spend, right? (laughs) So so I would, uh, you know, you need to give all these programs 90 days okay minimum of ninety i ninety days, and you can make adjustments every thirty days, which I encourage you to do right yeah, um, so i mean if, if and you know you could do some a b testing we haven't talked about that a lot, but as your as your outbound campaigns or your' branding, you can say, okay, I'm gonna try this piece of content to this buyer persona I'm gonna try a little bit different piece of content to another buyer persona right so yeah.
1: Yeah. And I would say that that takes right. I mean, you know, it's not just, I think some people think that you put up a website and everybody comes visits you. Right. I mean, just to even drive that traction from an SEO perspective or content perspective, that could take a year. (laughs) It's
0: oh, it it, it can, but I mean, I think you adjust after 90 days. I mean, you mentioned uh, Viola earlier today. I mean, and we utilized her at, 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 at at, at, at GCE and I think it was, you know, we started seeing some results at 90 days and, and you know, she is pretty and we see even better results in six months. Right. But, yeah. you yeah. know, it you know, it takes a minimum of 90 days and typically you should let it run for, you know, make some adjustments along there. But don't abandon it before five months, I would say.
1: Yeah. OK, great advice. Awesome, Jim. I, I appreciate this. Uh, very valuable um, as as the previous week, we'll be pushing this out in our podcast, and this will go in the community and everything. So I'm going to encourage everyone to go uh, take a listen and take a watch uh, the video inside the community as well. And if you have any additional questions, please uh, tag Jim and you know, and some of the issues calls right. If you're if you're really struggling in some of the areas of sales and marketing bring those to the table as well and we can tag jim and see if he's got availability to jump on some of those as well but
0: uh very insightful i appreciate it and uh what is next week again jim next week is the the sales component so right. we'll talk about opportunity opportunity management sales process so that's you know again it's, it's the, the we've been the building blocks right the foundation yeah the marketing and then the, now the sales
1: All right. This is where the meat eaters come in. Right. And this is is where the execution happens. All all the other stuff, you know, it's 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 fun. But, you know, this is where this is where it's got to happen. So looking forward to that. Yep. All right. All right.